Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for a very special part three of the weekend mailbag with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Alex Arroyo. He says, would you have done this trade if instead of two ones, a three, and McDougal for Adams and a four, it would have just been a one, a three, and McDougal? No, I wouldn't have. That second first is what put it over the top for me. I don't think a one, three, McDougal is enough. I like McDougal. He's a solid player. But considering that you had Adams under team control for two years and really three because of the franchise tag, I just don't think there was any rush, and I think that if you really wanted to, if you couldn't work out a contract with him at the end of this year, you could have shopped him before the draft and probably gotten a pretty nice haul. I don't know if you would have gotten what Seattle ended up offering, but you would have gotten a really nice deal, and I just wouldn't have done it for that. I don't think it's enough. Yeah, that's it. That's just not enough. Uh, Maybe a 1-2 in McDougal, a 1-2 and 3 in a couple years. Uh, It's it's hard for me to answer that question completely without knowing what other type of offers were out there for him. You know, we've talked about this for a while, and I was firmly entrenched in the, the and don't trade him unless you get a, a, a big offer and pay him going forward. But again, with the salary cap going down next year, with how unhappy he was, with knowing how he can just go out at any moment, like, I would have been tempted to be sitting there like we we just need to get move on from this. Um, so depending on what the other type of offers I was getting there, you know, like a first, a second, and McDougal or a first, second, third, probably could have gotten it done depending on what these other offers were. Next question comes in from the Jet Ranger. He says, if Darnold regresses this season, do you think Joe Douglas would consider packaging some of those assets to go up and get a quarterback, or if they're really bad, draft one in the spot where they are slotted. I think Darnold would have to be really bad, but I wouldn't put anything out of the question. They obviously have the assets to do it now if they want to. If he regresses a lot and all of a sudden there are legitimate questions about him and Douglas suddenly isn't sure about Darnold, 
maybe, but I think the odds of that are pretty low. I think Darnold would have to regress a lot for them to do that because I think ultimately if they're in position to get Trevor Lawrence, then maybe they have to think about it strongly. Otherwise, they could just say, all right, we'll bring Darnold back for one more year with, let's say they get a new head coach, and if it doesn't pan out, we've got two picks in the 2022 draft. We could package those and go get a quarterback, or we can just try and get one in our slot. So I don't think that they're going to look to draft a quarterback in 2021, even if Darnold regresses, unless they're in position to go after Trevor Lawrence and Darnold was really bad in 2020. If if Darnold regresses if, first, if Darnold regresses and they are in position to draft uh, Trevor Lawrence without having to trade up, then they're taking Trevor Lawrence, um, and that's also probably just me saying that more on the on Trevor Lawrence part of it. Um, if if we don't see enough of a progression from Sam Darnold and Trevor Lawrence is on the board when they're picking. I'm going to have a hard time arguing against passing on uh, on him. And now when you're talking about trading up, that that makes it trickier because how far are we trading? And we're talking about how how much of the is a regression. Um, and then does it look like it's just he's regressing just because Gase doesn't know what to do with him? Or does it just look like he's lost cause? Um because that it's two different questions, really, to me. If if you're saying, would you draft Trevor Lawrence if he's on board where you're picking, and would you trade up for him? Um, and that if if they're bad enough to be, you know, first or second overall pick, then then the answer is probably that they're going to be willing to uh, draft somebody else to at least compete with Darnold. I don't. I don't see that happening. I, I agree with you, but again, if they're in position to draft Trevor Lawrence without trading to get to get him, I I, I have a hard time envisioning them passing him up at that point. Next question comes in from Mike Martino. He says, "Do you think the Pats' chances took a big hit with all of the opt outs?" Yeah, I do, because three of the six players that opted out are key starters. Marcus Cannon, a starting tackle. Patrick Chung, a starting safety. Dante Hightower, who I joke with Manish, the Jets tried to lure here with cupcakes a couple of years ago. Those are all important players for the Patriots, and the fact that all of these guys came out right around the same time to opt out makes you think that Bill Belichick might be up to something just because it's Bill Belichick and he's always up to something that maybe he's telling players yeah don't worry about it we're fine this year and that maybe he's plotting to punt on 2020 and maybe look towards the 2021 draft I'm not saying that's what's going on but it definitely makes you think that something's coordinated because Bill Belichick is involved but yeah absolutely those three guys not being there is going to hurt the Patriots I had already said I thought the Patriots would win the division largely because I love the coaching staff and I think the defense is really good. But with these six players saying that they're opting out of the season, it definitely tilts the division strongly into the column of the Buffalo Bills. And Chris, I know that you already thought the Bills were going to win the division, so I'd imagine that you think it even more so now. Well, if you remember correctly, I I revised my uh, uh, pick there when the Patriots went and signed Cam Newton and Mm -hmm. said if Cam Newton was going to be healthy and play most, you know, most of the season at least. That I thought that they'd probably end up winning the division. 
here's the thing that makes this uh, question tricky to answer because they're important players. Uh, you know, Chung and Hightower aren't quite what they used to be, but they're still important players. Um, so yes, this, this will impact them. But if there's another team out there that can withstand this, I like, I don't know what other team can withstand this more than the Patriots. Uh, if there's another coach out there who is capable of just finding six guys to go and plug and play without much of a noticeable drop off, it, it's Bill Belichick. So, uh, on its face, yeah, I think this makes them worse and it'll be harder. But at the same time, I I expect that Bill Belichick will find ways to make up for him. The Marcus Cannon one is is and also because Dante Scarnecchia is not there, so that's probably the one that I would worry me the most if I was the Patriots, though. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Ben Marsh. He says, why do we do this to ourselves? I feel like I'm Charlie Brown and the Jets are Lucy every year. Am I the only one? Can't be. (laughs) I think that's a fairly common sentiment. Listen, Ben, honestly, it all depends on expectations. I'm not expecting a lot this year, and I wasn't expecting a lot last year or the year before. 
This year, we know that they're sort of in rebuilding mode, so maybe they become a fringe playoff contender, which is what we said last year. They ended up being 7-9. and nine. Many of us said somewhere in the 7-9 and nine and 9-7 nine and seven range, which is essentially what ended up happening. I think you could be looking at something similar this year if everything goes right. There are a lot of questions, but I still think that it's more likely they're going to have five or six wins. But like I said, I can't really consider myself Charlie Brown with Lucy pulling the football out from under me when my expectations aren't that high. If I thought the Jets were going to win the division this year and they came out and laid an egg, that's a different story. All right, Ben. I've been covering this team for over 10 years. I've had lots of interactions with fans, and I'm here to tell you, you are so not the only one. (laughs) I promise you, you are not alone. And if you ever need an affirmation of that, just go ahead and look through my mentions every once in a while. You will find plenty of people to bond with over this. You are definitely not the only one. Yeah, I get it. Now, I I definitely get what you're saying now. In the last couple years, I think that uh, that it was the only real logical uh, way to look at it. There couldn't have been that high expectations. I mean, you had high expectations of of the drafting of Darnold and obviously with Jamal, uh, but like you haven't had high expectations for the team success over the last couple of years. Uh, but you know, there was definitely a stretch for for a long period uh, where that is the Lucy thing is very applicable. So, and I promise you again that you are not alone. The Lucy thing certainly works for 2015 because you're talking yeah. about a situation where everybody was expecting the team to make the playoffs, and then of all people, Rex Ryan reigned on the parade. Next question comes in from Jets NZ from New Zealand. Awesome, we've got fans in New Zealand, Chris. He says, question for the very big deal. What will be the biggest changes to reporting the action at training camp due to the restrictions? (laughs) Will you actually be allowed there to watch any of it? I have no idea. So like he said, this one's for you, Chris. (laughs) Oh, if only I had any clue. Um, (laughs) So as much as we're still trying to figure out exactly what's going on, I have no idea what's going to happen with us media. Uh, the Pro Football Writers Association, they're having conversations all the time, and they're telling us every once in a while, they're giving us updates. But every time they give us updates, I have more and more questions, and I'm more and more confused, and there's more and more things that are like, well, we might do this, and then we might do that. So right now, the idea is that they're going to separate media people into tiers, but there's only a certain amount in each tier. And some people can go every day and others not uh, so often. Um, we got to have wear masks and be socially distanced. But also I've seen stuff that there we might not be able to do any real training camp updates, like at all, as the practices is going on. Um, right now what I saw, the, the last thing I saw was like, yeah, you won't be tweeting out anything that's going on at practice. Um so we'll we'll have to sit there and we'll be kind of like old school where before the Twitter, where we just sit and watch practice, we write our notes. And then afterwards we tell you what happened, which honestly I would kind of love because having to do the Twitter updates can be a bit much because I watch play happen. I go, I tweet stuff and I am, am, am tweeting that I missed the next two plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I would kind of love that. 
And then also it would give me a chance to go ahead and wrap up a nice summary article and tell you about everything that happened in the day. And you'd go to click on the article and read the article instead of just going and reading my tweets. So there's lots of benefits to that for me. It'll make it, uh, if fans won't like it, I know I'm already preparing to deal with the blowback if that is the case, but should uh, go ahead and throw that out there now that to get fans ready for the possibility that we won't be able to give regular training camp updates. Um, it seems kind of weird because I, I don't see how that is re- COVID related at all. Um, but all right. If, if that's the restriction they're going to put on us, uh, all right, cool. And again, I, I kind of like it because it allowed me just to focus on practice. Yeah, Chris, I don't think that you're very broken up about it. I can tell that you're just fine with whatever the restrictions are going to be because it's probably going to be easier for you to report that way. Next question is a two-parter from Michael Christopher. He says, when looking ahead in 2021 to the free agent class, rank the players who you would want most to least and how you think the Jets would view them. So here's who he lists. Joe Tooney, Brandon Scherf, Yannick Ngakwe, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Shaq Barrett, Matthew Judon, Patrick Peterson, T.Y. Hilton, Trent Williams. And I didn't put Ronnie Stanley in because I expect him to get signed a franchise and also Joey Bosa signed an extension so he wouldn't be on the list either. Yeah, I agree. I think Ronnie Stanley's either going to get franchised or signed so he won't be out there. As far as the rest of these guys, I'm not going to rank them. I'm just going to tell you what I think of each one. I don't know about Trent Williams because I'm not sure exactly what he's going to look like this season. Remember, he missed an entire year and he's in his 30s. So let's see what he can do before we decide where we rank him or what we think of him as a potential free agent. Not crazy about T.Y. Hilton. He's seen better days. Same thing with Patrick Peterson. I don't love Matthew Judon. He's okay, but I think he's overrated. I want to see more from Shaq Barrett before I'm willing to shell out a ton of money. He had a great year last year, but let's see him do it more than once. Joe Tooney is awesome. If he's available, I think the Jets should have him right at the top of their list. I like Brandon Scherf a lot, but he's been banged up quite a bit, so let's see if he can stay healthy this year. Keenan Allen, same thing. Keenan Allen is great when he's healthy, but he's hurt a lot, so I'd be nervous to commit a lot of money to him. Juju is somebody that I would really like to see, so he'd be right at the top of my list. And then Yannick Ngakwe would probably be number one, just because I think when you're looking at a guy who's as young as he is, as dynamic a pass rusher as he is, and somebody that hasn't had any injury problems, that's a really tough thing to find in free agency or the draft. So I would say that at the top of my list... In no specific order would probably be Ngakwe, Tooney, and Juju. And a lot of that has to do with a combination of health, youth, and position. Yeah, I I agree with you on the top two for sure. Uh, Ngakwe and Tooney would be my one and two. I agree with your rationale for Keenan Allen and uh, with Juju over him. But, man, I love Keenan Allen, healthy Keenan Allen, so much more than Juju. Like, so much more than Juju. And I like Juju, don't get me wrong. But uh, when Keenan Allen is on the field, he's one of the best receivers in in the game. The injuries would obviously be a concern. So uh, how much money I'm giving out is – See, that's what makes it tricky. I I would want Keenan Allen way more than Juju. But – how much am I going to have to pay to get Keenan Allen? 
And am I going to be willing to pay that because of his injuries? Um, I don't know. Um, it was so, like Trent Williams is he has to be removed from the equation for right now. Like I can't even get like I will assess Trent Williams after the season. Uh, right now, I don't know where I would tell you to put him here. Um, Judon, I I would think I would be cool with because I don't think he's going to be. Uh, taking crazy money. Um, I'm with you on Shaq Barrett. Need to see it again. Uh, you know, Patrick Peterson's up there in age. T.Y. Hilton is, has some injury issues. He's getting up there in age too, but he, he's definitely somebody that I would still have some interest in. But I, 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 I think I'd have to go Keenan Allen third, I, it, depending on what the contract looks like. I, I just, man, when he's on the field, he's so good. Thinking about it as you're talking and then looking back up his stats, I know that Allen's had injury issues, but he has been mostly healthy the last three years, and he's put up incredible numbers. So I have to rethink that. Maybe he would jump ahead of Juju. The only thing I really like about Juju is that he has that connection from USC with Darnold, and he's much younger because Allen will be 29 next year, and Juju will only be 24 so that's a big difference, but I agree with you. Keenan Allen is an absolute stud, so I can't really knock you for putting him ahead of Juju. I just think that maybe the age and the injuries with Allen would deduct a little bit. But then again, Juju had some injury issues himself last year, so we'll see what happens. And he took a step backward last year as well. A lot of that, of course, because Ben Roethlisberger wasn't playing and he was dealing with second and third string quarterbacks, but still we have to see what he does this year. So I would say, yeah, Ngakwe and Tooney are the clear number one and number two. And then after that, you could debate Juju and Keenan Allen, not necessarily who's better, because I think we can agree that Keenan Allen is the better receiver right now, but you have to look with an eye towards the future because any move you make is going to be a long-term move. So you think to yourself with Joe Douglas trying to build this out, which one is the better long long-term investment, and that's something that you could certainly make a case for in either direction. The very big deal, Chris Nimbley, joining us as always on the weekend mailbag. Thank you so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. I know you've got a lot cooking over at JetsInsider.com, plenty about Jamal Adams, plenty about what's coming up with training camp, just a whole potpourri of fun topics over at JetsInsider.com. Yeah, going to start... uh really focusing on the training camp stuff now um, going through uh, positions. And then obviously, again, we, we still don't know exactly how this training camp is going to work when training camp is really going to start, even though it's technically started, but now there's just testing people and then they're going to do the ramp up period, how long that lasts. So it'll be a little while till we still have real training camp on news and, whether you get uh, Twitter updates or whatever, but we're going to go start going, working our way through the roster and, um, you know, really identifying key points and where they'll be struggling. So we'll have plenty of content up for you in these coming weeks. Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work at JetsInsider.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.